Hey everybody, welcome to the show. This is PRI Talk and I am Jason Bibbler. Today we're going to be talking about all these college programs that are getting cut from athletic departments and we're going to talk about whether or not we're going to have a fall season. All right, well let's get started. Um, The first thing that I did want to talk about is uh, why we are losing all these college programs. So if you've paid attention um, to the news and college athletics at all in the last um, few months, you probably have noticed that there have been um, a lot of colleges uh, canceling, cutting um, sports programs, uh, different sports um, at different schools um, in kind of some some different ways. And um and, and we've lost a lot. There's a, there's a list somewhere. I'm sure you can go on the internet. Um, but but this is definitely a bad time. Uh, you know, anytime a sport is cut from athletics department, it's it's bad. It's bad for the athletes, bad for the coaches um, as far as, you know, jobs and scholarships and things like that. Um, and, and, and I've said this from the beginning. I think like the, the Cincinnati men's soccer program was the first program that was cut kind of during – uh, the coronavirus pandemic, and what came out was they were cutting the program because of the coronavirus. Um, and kind of since since then, we've had all these cuts of programs. Um, ads have have been mentioning it's because of the coronavirus and and things like that. Um, and 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 that uh, is just not true. Um, these programs are not getting cut because of the coronavirus. Um, there, there's a lot more to it than that. Um, you can ask anyone in, a, in an athletics program <clears throat> that these things, these decisions um, don't happen on a whim. And so when you're when you're seven, seven days into um, a pandemic and a quarantine and uh, an athletic director just starts cutting programs, um, and blame it on the coronavirus. It's just not true. So, so these programs are being cut for other reasons. Um, and, and we can, we can say that they're budgetary reasons, but, but chances are these, these programs have been kind of on the chopping block for a long time, um, or sometime, maybe not a long time, but, um, but easily for months and potentially even years for some of them. Um, and so really the coronavirus and the pandemic and blaming it on that is, is just kind of a, a disguise um, for these athletic directors um, and whoever else is making the deci- these decisions um, to, to cut programs. And so in that way, they, they feel like in a lot of ways it'll put some, it'll uh, put a lot less pressure on them um, as to why, because they can just blame it on the coronavirus. Um, but like I said, it's just, it's not a realistic reason. Um, and, and we'll try to dive, dive into that maybe a little bit here. Um, uh, the, the first thing, um, that I wanted to point out is this article, um, in, uh, Sportico. Okay. Um, article in Sportico posted July 2nd. I shared it on my, on, on my page, um, and kind of the notion of the article, um, it's by um, Eben Novi Williams, July second. Like I said, maybe colleges should be adding sports, not dropping them. Um, and that's the that's the title of the article. And, and the whole kind of basis of the article is um, that if you actually look at the numbers, um, these students that are only on half scholarship 
quarter scholarship, things like that, uh, of these programs that are getting cut, they're actually bringing money into um, the school, more money than they're, than they're spending on, um, uh, on the athletic department, on, as far as the athletic department goes on scholarships and, and, and um, salaries and, and things like that. So, so these students that are paying, you know, half or three quarters of, of their tuition on their own because they're not a full ride um, student athletes, they're actually bringing more money into um, the athletic department or more money into the school rather. And so to cut these programs doesn't make sense. Um, and in the end, uh, when you get when you get to the end of it, you're actually the uh, the school is actually losing money <clears throat> when they cut athletic programs, not saving money um, when you look at it over time. Um, and so that's kind of the idea of the article. It's really interesting if you get a chance to go look at it. Uh, again, Sportico, Sportico article from Sportico article, it's hard to say, uh, from July 2nd, college sports, um, maybe colleges should be adding sports, not dropping them. Um, really, really neat idea. Okay, so uh, the next article that I want to point to um, kind of about this topic uh, is from April 22nd. Um, so right as we were getting into all this stuff, um, into the pandemic and, and, and quarantine, and you saw programs um, cutting cutting scholarships. Um, the volleyball mag article is it's a long one, but it's really really good if you can go read it. Um, it, it talks about some of the issues um, with athletic directors and schools. Um, and Kathy DeBoer is is a she's a president of the ABCA uh, or head director head whatever she is. She's in charge of the ABCA. Um, and she mentions um, in here that you can't come back from extinction. Okay, so basically, once these programs are cut, they go away and they're gone, um, and you won't be able to bring them back. Not even if you fundraise enough money to to, to fund the program for a couple of years. Um, the these these athletic departments, once they cut a program, they're they're cut it because they don't want it. It's not it's not a budget issue um, in, in some regards. Um, they're cutting because they don't want the program anymore for whatever reason. And the article kind of goes into that and kind of gives some examples. Um, but 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 what she says that we should have been doing or should have done um, with these programs is we should have cut scholarships, maybe cut some budgets, um, you know, cut salaries a little bit, which isn't great. But but basically this basically this idea where once we cut the program, it's gone and we lose opportunities. Um, for, for student athletes, we lose opportunities to grow sports. You know, we, we lose lots of opportunities when we just cut the program and these programs just don't come back. Um, and, and so I think you're going to see what these schools that are cutting these programs. Um, I mean, the, these, these athletic sports, these sports are gone from that school, um, for potentially ever and at least a, a very long time for sure. Um, uh, but that's kind of go read the volleyball mag um article from april 22nd it's a really really good one um and again kathy DeBoer has a, a lot of pieces of that and it's and the title is abca's DeBoer on dropping sports this is not the time we can recover from everything but extinction that's the the title of the article really really good um lots of good information in there um and then the third the third article that um i want to point out is the uh, article in sports illustrated um and, and this came out pretty recently because it's specifically talking about Stanford and Stanford got a lot of um, news coverage when they cut programs because they, I think after Ohio State had the most, um, the, the most college athletic programs in the country. 
Um, and so this is by Pat Ford from July 8th. Stanford cuts and Ivy League's fall. Ivy League's fall sports decision are just beginning for college athletics. Okay, so um, good article points to some really, really good things. I don't agree with everything he says in here. Um, obviously, he takes a, a pretty, pretty hard stance on a couple things that, that I probably don't agree with, but entirely. Um, but another good article. And, and the thing about Stanford um, is that you are, I mean, it's just the situation where you talk to anybody out in California and they go, yeah, this, these sports have been, you know, on the chopping block for a long time. Right. Um, and, and you lose, you lose, uh, men's volleyball, um, because you cut other women's sports. So, so the, 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 some of the men's sports that were cut, the volleyball and the wrestling, um, those are collateral damage, right? So you cut all these women's sports for squash and fencing and rowing. Um, and then you, you have to cut others, um, on the men's side because of title nine. And that's definitely, definitely unfortunate. Um, and so you have a, you know, a program like uh, men's volleyball at Stanford, that's won national championships and that program, you know, doesn't exist anymore. Um, and, uh, there's a bunch of petitions going around, flying around the internet. I'm sure you can find one and, and go sign it, uh, if you're so inclined, um, but you know, you got several athletes on the, the men's national team that played at Stanford. And so you just, you have a, there's, a, there's a definitely a big hole there. Um, and so we're, we're losing all these programs. 80s are blaming on coronavirus, which again, is just not true. Um, and so now because of this trend, um, we're going to start seeing more programs cut, um, more jobs being lost. Um, and, and that's just going to be the trend. Let's get into um, all of the conferences um, and, and, and what the fall is looking like uh, right now. So um, just giving a quick rundown of everything that's happened as of today, or at least most of everything that's happened as of today. Um, the Ivy League uh, shut down fall sports for their season, championship, non-championship. Um, so there will be no athletics for the Ivy League in the fall, which is, um, which is definitely uh, huge. Um, the Patriot League just came out yesterday, I believe, and canceled all fall competition. Um, two, there's a, a Division II conference, the CACC, Central Atlantic Collegiate Conference. They've got some schools in Pennsylvania and New York. Um, they canceled uh, the season for the fall. Um, and so, you know, what we're, what we're looking at next is, you know, what's the Big East going to do? They were supposed to make a statement, uh, I believe, last week or the beginning of this week. What's the A10 going to do? What's the AEC going to do? Okay, those are all Division One conferences. Um, you know, what's going to be their next step as we see these conferences on the East Coast um, start to cancel their fall seasons? Um, the Big Ten uh, has, as of now, moved to a conference only. Um, it still gives them an opportunity to get a lot of their money games for football, TV money, uh, create some flexibilities in their schedule if they have to move things around. So, so the, the conference only approach and big 12 is one or sorry, big 10 has done that, uh, conference only the PAC 12 is another conference, um, that's going to conference only the ACC says they're not starting anything until September 1st. Um, my guess is the ACC and the SEC, um, are going to follow suit and do, conference only i don't know that for sure that's just my guess that's going to be kind of the 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 start to this um 
And, and so, but, but best case scenario is that we stay with conference only. Okay. So canceling the season obviously is, is awful um, in a lot of different ways. Um, the best case scenario is that we have a conference only schedule for all these different conferences and however, however that works. Um, that's the trend right now with the power five schools. One thing that's interesting to point out, at least to me, as I'm kind of watching this happen and I talk to college coaches, um, is where these conferences are canceled, where the conferences are that are canceling their season right now. Um, and they're all on the East Coast. Okay. So, uh, or, you know, in that direction. And, and it's not in the places where the where the virus is spiking right now in Texas and Florida and in California, though California has um, some of one of their division two conferences, I believe canceled their fall season already. They actually did that some time ago. Um, but, but you have in these situations, these schools that have decided already um, to do a majority, if not all of their uh, education online. Okay. So they, they, you know, the Ivy leagues basically went, no students on campus. I think Harvard was one of the few um, that's still having students on campus. I think freshmen have to be on campus um, at Harvard. And so but everyone else is online. And, and these are schools that are were because they were hit so hard um, early on in the spring with the pandemic that they kind of planned on things circling around and being big again, you know, late fall, early winter. Um, and especially when you throw the, the, you know, the flu in the mix to this, um, they're, they're trying to make this proactive decision, decision. Um, but it's interesting that you're seeing these, these schools and conferences outside of the current spike that are deciding not to play in the fall. Um, so, so it's, it's, it's the, the decision to not play in the fall is coordinating with schools that they've decided to go to mostly online classes. Um, I will throw out there just real quick that the, the Patriot League did say something in their press release about the Naval Academy and uh, West Point and about Army, um, that they were giving them the opportunity to, I believe, um, compete if they so choose. Just the way those those two schools are set up, they're not doing online learning at the Naval Academy and at West Point. Um, so those students are going to be there. They're going to have to figure out how to you know, control um, and, and, and socially distance at, at those academies because those students are going to be there. Okay. Um, uh, will, so the question is, will we see these schools have to play fall, um, have to play football in the fall or cancel their season? Are they going to move it to the spring? Okay. Um, and, and especially these power five schools where that are so money driven and so TV contact driven, um, will we will they see these schools that have to play football in the fall? Are they going to cancel their season? That's, um, you know, kind of the, the, the power five, um, thing. Um, as I talk to coaches, um, kind of across the country, I I've been asking them these questions about, Hey, you know, what's the plan? Do you guys know what's happening? And, and for the most part, um, they're, these coaches are, are left out of loop, at least the volleyball coaches are. Um, they don't know exactly what's going to happen. There, a, a lot of them, what it sounds like, they're not planning on having a season this fall. Although right now they're doing everything that they that they can do. Um, and and what I, what I think's interesting, we we talk about, um, you know, we we talked about all these schools that are canceling programs, and now we have all these conferences that are that are canceling the fall season. 
and um, we have all of these conferences that are going to, you know, conference only and things like that. I, to me, we're not having, um, again, when I talk to these coaches, we're, we're not having the conversations that we should be having. Um, we're not talking about, you know, freezing coaches contracts um, or maybe even extending them. Um, we're not talking about what we're doing with kids scholarships. Uh, now, now I will throw out there that, that if an athlete is on scholarship for this academic year, they can't take that away, um, because they cancel a season. So that is great. Um, but when you throw in the potential for all these programs to get cut, um, you know, that that's for these athletes and their scholarships, that's a huge deal. Um, and, and, you know, we're talking about not playing. Uh, a sport for for six months um and so what are we doing with these college coaches are they going to get furloughed are they going to keep their job um you know it's probably cheaper to just get rid of a coach um and you know not pay them for the next six months if you're not having a fall season and not hire someone else um you know later in the next spring and, and save yourself some money so like uh we should be having these conversations about contracts and what that looks like through the fall. We should be having conversations about what jobs are safe. Um, But we're not having those conversations. Um, Instead of whether or not we're going to be able to play any sport in the fall, right? You know, one of the things that I've asked coaches as we've gone through this is, why aren't we planning for different scenarios, right? So, hey, you know, what are what's your guys' conf- – say we do conference-only season, um, which would be great. You know, what are you guys planning on doing if you have a couple teammates or have a couple of your uh, athletes come down with the coronavirus? Are they quarantined? Does your whole team have to quarantine? Um, you know, this is a, this is a two-week thing, last 14 days, right, that you can – they can spread it. Does the, the team that you played last week have to quarantine? What do you do with those matches um, the next two weeks? Um, you know, for those coaches that are on, on a contract year or maybe close to it, um, you know, what, if those counts as, does it count as a loss? Does it count as a no contest? Does it count as, uh, you know, a forfeit? Like, what does that, what does that look like? Um, cause at the end of the day, we know that athletic directors are going to look at their record and go, well, you only won four games last year and you lost 10. And, and the coach can sit there and say, well, we lost eight of those because I had, half my team in quarantine and, and, you know, and and people might not believe this, but those athletic directors aren't going to care in that situation. Um, and, and that's just really, really unfortunate. And obviously there's some athletic directors that are going to get it and understand. And, and to me, those athletic directors that are having those conversations right now with their coaches. Um, but, but, you know, we're, we're sitting here not planning out these different scenarios um, in head coaches meeting and conference meetings and athletic director meetings, like it doesn't look like we have a plan for the fall to play, um, which, which is really, uh, scary to me, um, because it's, it's almost like in a lot of ways we're, we're planning on not having a fall and that, and that's been the plan, um, since, since we got into this, uh, mess, at least a lot of these schools are not planning um, to have a fall season, because if we were planning to have a fall season, then we would have a lot more of these scenarios figured out. Um, but again, as I talk to these college coaches, Hey, what's your plan for this situation, for this situation? And and their conference doesn't have an answer. And that's really, really frightening to me. And it should be for all of us, 
that that love the sport of volleyball and love the fall season and, and want to see um, sports again. It is definitely frightening that we're that we're not having these conversations and that it, that we're almost planning on not having a fall season for volleyball. All right, so we, when we break all this stuff down and really look at it, um, the question that we have to ask is, what does this look like recruiting-wise? What does this look like for the, the class of 21 and the class of 22? Um, obviously, for the 2020 class, those athletes that are arriving on campus and you know have a handful of those kids currently that are, that are there now um, at school or, or heading, heading in that direction, um, Luckily, none of them have had their season canceled yet, but um, you know, obviously, there's still a lot of things that could happen in the next several months. Um, but and and that's obviously it's terrible for those kids, 2020 uh, kids in those teams that have their season canceled. Um, and 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 hopefully we can uh, hopefully that'll happen to as, as as few as conferences and as few as schools and as few as athletes as as possible. Um, but with the 2021 and the 2022 class, there's still a lot up in the air. Um, and there's a couple different scenarios here, uh, I think. The, the first one being, again, like I said, best case scenario, we've got um, a bunch of schools um, that have obviously already canceled, but, but you know, the rest of the conferences or majority of the conferences decide to do a um, conference-only um, fall season, which, again, I think would be great. Um, even even in a situation with something like that, uh, I, I still think we could see some sort of dead period um, either by the NCAA or, or these specific conferences, you know, put a, a, a ban on travel for their coaches and say, um, you know, no recruiting off campus, no travel outside of your schedule. Um, and, and, you know, campus is closed to outside students and visits and stuff like that. Um, I definitely think that that's a huge possibility. So, so what does that look like it, for, for these 2021 athletes that are trying to get on campuses still? Uh, it definitely makes it harder for them and pushes their timeline back. For these 2022 athletes that are trying to get on campus, again, for these Division One schools that are on dead period, um, you know, it, it slows their process down um, and pushes their timeline back. Um, because, you know, again, right now, Division One, we're on a dead period. Uh, the dead period extends till the, till the end of August. Um, Division two schools um, have opened up their campuses, and that's it's a case by case basis. Uh, and if you haven't heard me talk about why that is uh, before, I, I, I think the biggest thing is because um, the Division two uh, recruits so regionally, whereas Division one, you know, it, it, their regions are a lot. The areas that they're recruiting from are a lot bigger. Um, across the board and and so and division two has their own rules um, anyway so um, you have seen some division two schools some athletes still be able to do visits and stuff like that and hopefully that will continue um, through the fall but with these division one schools I think we will see again best case scenario um, I, I still think we will see some sort of dead period um, put in place um, for the fall season okay so that's that's kind of best case scenario Worst case scenario is we don't have volleyball at all in the fall, which I, if you would have asked me a month ago, um, I would have said, oh, we'll for sure have volleyball in the fall. And, and now with everything happening and the way it looks 
Um, like I said, you know, we're, we're not having conversations that maybe we should be having about the fall. It, it, it doesn't look good for, for a lot of conferences, maybe not everyone, um, but for a lot, it, it doesn't look good. Again, worst case scenario, we don't have college volleyball in the fall. Okay. Um, that raises all the questions that, that I talked about before, right? Um, programs staying in place, are they going to exist past the fall? Um, or are they going to get cut coaches? Are they going to stay? Are they going to go someplace else? Or will they have a job? Um, you know, contracts, all that kind of stuff. It, it definitely raises a lot of questions if we don't have volleyball in the fall. Um, and it does make it really, really hard um, for for athletes to to be communicating with coaches that entire time. And, and just it, it's kind of a drag out. There's not a whole lot we can do until we flip around to, to February. Um, and so, so that's kind of the worst case scenario for these 21 and 22 athletes that are still looking for a place to play. Um, you know, hopefully nothing will get pushed back as far as signing day in November. Um, but, but just looking at these uncommitted athletes in 21 and 22, um, you know, you're looking, you're looking at next February, um, before these coaches can watch you play live again. Um, and, and so that's, that's kind of the timeline. So, so all of my athletes that are, that are right now looking for places to play and communicating with coaches. Um, for the most part, those coaches, the first thing on their mind is the fall and, and worrying about their own athletes that they have on campus or about to have on campus. Um, after that, then they'll worry about some of the recruiting stuff. Um, but this fall season is, is, is so at the forefront of their minds that um, recruiting is a, uh, is a secondary notion right now. And, and they're having the conversations with athletes um, they're hopeful again that they can do visits in the fall, um, but that, like I said, that is potentially a pretty good shot of that being kind of up in the air, um, one way or the other. Flip a coin, um, probably probably a no, but but you could flip a coin and it could go either way. Right now, with with being able to do visits, um, and so again, that no volleyball in the fall, um, no visits in the fall, that leaves you until February. And so for all of my kids and their families, as far as helping them through this process, it's just going to be a grind and, and it, and it stinks for everyone that's in this situation. Um, kind of stinks for everyone actually. Um, but, but it's, it's just going to be a grind. It is going to be a marathon. Um, because, because we're not, we're just not able to take that next step. We're not able to go on a visit. Um, we're not able to to interact with coaches face to face. We're just not going to be able to do those things um, that are going to get us to the next spot. So, when it comes to timeline and planning everything out, um, you know, for for a lot of my athletes, we are looking into February before we're going to be able to take the next step, and that's kind of the conversation that we've we've been having. Um, and and so I am trying my best, and for all of you guys listening. Just be encouraged um, and, and just enjoy the process um, because it's, it's definitely not going to be easy. Um, it's definitely going to be frustrating to not be able to take that next step um, and, and make visits and stuff like that. Um, again, hopefully we will be able to make all of those things happen in the fall. Um, but again, that's this is kind of the worst case scenario that we're looking at. Um, February when coaches can actually watch you play volleyball again and you can play volleyball again um, to to when when we're going to be able to jumpstart this recruiting thing and move on to the next step so hey everyone thanks for listening 
If you have found this podcast interesting, helpful, or beneficial, or you're just a huge fan of myself, then please think about donating to the PRI Talk podcast. I would love to continue bringing you recruiting advice, as well as information on current volleyball events, and your support can definitely help make that happen. Hey everybody, thanks for listening. If you would like more tips, updates, or recruiting assistance, go to my website, privolleyball.com, check out my blog, or reach out to me directly if you have any other questions. You can also find me on social media, on Facebook and Instagram at Parallel Recruiting Initiative. If you need specific recruiting help, I have a couple different ways I can help you. Please reach out to me on my website or social media. Thanks for listening.